This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Anthony on from Hireview, and our topic today is the latest hiring trends. So I can't wait to jump into it with Anthony. Anthony, would you uh, introduce yourself and Hireview? Perfect. Well, thank you, William, for having me. It's sure. great to be here. And uh, I'm Anthony Reynolds. I'm the CEO of HireView. Uh, I started in, here at HireView in February of 2022. I'm based in um, Los Gatos, California is where I live, but the company is based in Salt Lake City. And it's been around for about 15 years. And uh, we're really the uh, inventor and leader in on-demand video-based interviewing and assessments, all powered by AI. Um, and I know what we want to get in and talk about today is some of the trends. Um, just in terms of where we're at, we have now just passed the 30 million uh, video interview mark. And a lot of what we're seeing in terms of the growth of video-based interviewing, it's growing roughly 50% year on year. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at today in terms of uh, HireView and excited to talk to you more about it. Absolutely. Y'all were uh, one of the industry pioneers, actually. I think about in 2008, 2009, somewhere in there, there wasn't that many uh, players. So y'all actually uh, helped create a category of software, which is fantastic. Um, And here we are now. So um, what do you see uh, in terms of what are you kind of the big trends that you're starting to see from kind of the data that you sit on with uh, all your clients? Well, I think it's really an inflection point, right? If you think about the last couple of years and the way that people have worked because of what uh, COVID brought on, this this idea that people are working remotely and working from home, um, and now we're seemingly getting back to work. And I think it's very much uh, a, a hybrid type environment um, but for us, from a, from a higher view perspective, we're seeing very strong demand in some of our key segments. Um, one, in the early career new grads. Um, if you think about it, uh, a lot of companies and organizations haven't been able to go on campus uh, the last couple of years for obvious reasons. Um, and so now there's a big focus on that in the recruitment of um, uh, new grads uh, for different positions. And then as you see the economy get back to work um, in the uh, what I would call hourly uh, worker category, there is a tremendous amount of demand um, in different sectors of the economy. Uh, and we can uh, talk more about that and unpack some of the numbers there that we're seeing. I'd love that. Let's let's start there and we'll work backwards because I'm I'm really interested in the new grads and some of the things you're seeing there. But let's see what some of the numbers are you're sitting on. Well, I think the um, uh, the thing that I mentioned is just this idea that 
um, the growth of video-based interviewing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you think of the hourly worker that's maybe considering a new job, there was some uh, job reports data that came out of the U.S. a couple of weeks ago. And just so we get an idea of uh, kind of the magnitude of what uh, we're, we're looking at, um, there is just under 12 million job openings. Wow. But there's only five and a half million people that are technically unemployed in the U.S. Right. So if you think about that, for every person that's out there looking for a job, there's two open jobs. So you can imagine the challenge that organizations are having in trying to fill some of those jobs. And then when you think of different specialist skill sets, um, what that means. And so you see in the hospitality industry from hotels to restaurants um, to even retail uh, stores, there is a huge demand for people in talent and they're not able to find that. Healthcare. I was talking to a leading healthcare provider just a couple of weeks ago in Chicago at our customer advisory board. They are planning to hire 38,000 people this year. 38,000. <laughs> so how many, how many people do you have to find to then uh, reach out to, to then interview just to then make those placements? That's crazy. Well, and, it, and, and here's the other stat, William, that's remarkable. They can only see their way right now to potentially feel, uh, filling 30,000 in those positions. Yeah. So they're already anticipating they're going to be 8,000 short. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and this trend continues, you know, um, whether it's the cruise lines looking to hire people, whether it's the airlines. Uh, I mentioned the hotels, the retail stores, but look, the trend then from a candidate perspective is there's a number of opportunities, but for most of those, these people, they already have a job, right? right? And right. so this idea that you're going to schedule an interview Monday to Friday, nine to five and get people to show up, it's just not a reality. Right. You need to allow the candidate because the candidate now has, quote unquote, the power, they have to have the ability to interview when they want to interview. And here's a stat for you. Our recent data shows or suggests that 46% of the time, people are actually doing an interview outside of normal business hours. So are they doing it in, uh, or can you tell if they're doing it uh, before work or after work? They're, they're, they're doing it before work, they're doing it after work, and they're doing it on the weekends. Right? <laughs> probably, More probably some, lunch breaks, some um, lunch breaks in there as well. <laughs> yeah. Sunday happens to be uh, one of the most popular days that people oh, wow. like to do interviews. Yeah. And so if you don't have a mechanism to allow for people to do an on-demand video-based interview and be able to schedule that, um, you're missing out on a lot of uh, potential candidates. And uh, first of all, Sunday makes sense on a a number of levels, but uh, it's also, I'm looking forward to the week. You know, it's a a Monday morning, Monday morning, you know, the Sunday night, oh my gosh, this week is going to be this. And Sunday's a great time to interview. It's a great time to look for jobs, great time to interview. And that that tracks with uh, Indeed's data as well as when people are looking for jobs, when they're the most active is, is, uh, is on Sunday as well, which is interesting. 
The uh, I want to ask you a question about um, where you're seeing that activity. If is it desktop? Is it mobile? Is it tablet? Is it lab? Like, can you tell anything about where those interviews are being uh, that are taking place? You know, the the frame of the question, I think, is the right one in terms of from a candidate experience, how they want to engage. Right now, I don't know specifically whether um, they're on uh, an iPhone or mm-hmm. a tablet of some sort, but I can tell you this. OK, when it comes to early new grads and maybe we start to transition there, yeah, a bit, yeah. but it still holds with the hourly workers how the candidate wants to engage um, with um, their potential employer is totally different. Right. Okay. So in the, in the old world, it was, Hey, you, you applied for a job, you got an email back um, confirming that they were interested to follow up and you needed to follow up with someone to schedule an interview. And this was all done via email. Okay. Right. Early new grads, that demographic of people, they don't engage over email. You know, I had a customer a couple of weeks ago at this customer advisory board tell me, hey, Anthony, um, uh, those kids coming out of college, they only go into their email um, once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And I said, actually, that's not even correct. The only reason they're going into their email is because you're forcing them to go there. They have to reset their password. How they want to engage with their potential employer is more in a text chat-based environment. And we've done a lot of A-B testing with some of our customers on this. In the engagement rates of how you engage those early uh, new grads, it, it is phenomenal. It's, it's in the order of uh, when we did some A-B testing with customers, we got engagement rates that were um, uh, below uh, 5% with when you try to email correspondence with them versus when you have, uh, when you engage them with text or chat, it's over 60% engagement. It's that different. So the entire candidate experience, and we call this our customer's customer, uh, we've had to rethink how we provide um, our uh, higher view platform so that candidates can better engage uh, with their potential employers. I love this. I love this. And and so one of the things I wanted to ask you is 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 uh, the loop because email. I totally got that. The loop with SMS and yep. and uh, what you're seeing from your employers uh, from your employers from your from your clients and from their can from their clients from their clients clients um what what's the what's the demand in terms of of uh, sms well it's huge in those segments right and i think it's only in- increasing in terms of that early career new grad segment that is the de facto way they want to um, engage with a potential employer by far. And it, it as well, um, more and more for the some of those hourly worker jobs that I talked to, to you right. about. Because look, many of these people are even, and I don't have the specific statistics around it, they're looking for jobs or responding to jobs even when they're on their shift working their current oh, yeah. job. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. That's it's, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, it's, it's something you've hit already, uh, uh, twice it's, it's on their terms, like the, everything process wise, tech wise. And, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think pre COVID the perception of hourly workers was there was a faucet and you just turned on the faucet and hourly workers appeared. And when you didn't want those, you just turned off the faucet. Yep. And okay, we've blown that up in the last three years. That's 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 all gone now. So, but um, I think now that's this this concept of meeting them where they are on their terms or how they would like things. And again, that's tech. That's you know timing. That's a, a delivery of of everything. It's kind of kind of really what we've done in the professional market or the salaried market forever. We're just now applying a lot of that logic to to hourly employees and hourly candidates. Yeah, when you talk about the you, you know you know um, the candidate and them having you know the power, and we want to make sure we're focusing on that experience. Just to you know, I, I always use this kind of our worlds collide in terms of um, you know we play at work and we work at home. But as I talk to a number of colleagues that have made the decision to go to Europe for a summer vacation this mm-hmm. year. Right. And we know what's going on in Europe right now, <laughs> aside from the heat wave, is it, it, it is the vacation of lineups. Right. Whether you're lining up at uh, customs or border controls, whether you're lining up at the airport, you're lining up for the taxi queue, you're lining up uh, to check into your hotel. There's not enough restaurants, so you're lining up just to get meals. You're lining up to get to the attraction. And the, and the big reason, of course, is that they're just simply not able to staff all of these different things from planes, trains, to hotels, to restaurants. There's not enough people to do the jobs that need to be done. You know, I, I had so a as a result of that, there's a huge demand. I had a conversation earlier today and uh, the woman I was speaking with was saying something similar and she goes, listen, this is a real problem. And I said, well, it, it is, of course, but uh, out of the things we can't control, um, if in this country, not dealing with anything else outside of this country, we could always change immigration policies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And, you know, like... Okay, that would. I mean, we can we can get more workers. There's a bunch of more people want to that want to come into the United States that would take probably a lot of that work. Yeah, so absolutely. We could. Well, and that would help this. alleviate it, right? There, right? There's a fine tipping point in terms of just think of the numbers, right? The um, 12 million, just under 12 million jobs, and 500, five and a half million people living uh, looking for jobs. It, it only takes. Uh, a few million people either way, and all of a sudden the the system starts to balance itself out. Right. And so anything we can do to alleviate that um, uh, would be a good thing in my mind. Now, uh, look, but th- this problem of not having enough people to do the jobs, it really, from my perspective, cuts across industry verticals as well as it's not just with early new career grads or the uh, hourly workers, it's also happening with professional workers, even though um, we, um, you know, we're seeing some pullback in the technology sector from a hiring perspective, there is still a number of large organizations, one 
the world's largest consultancy firm uh, looking to hire 100,000 people this year. Um, there's still a tremendous amount of demand uh, for uh, professional uh, type people as well. Let me ask you about that. Let's 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 because I wanted to, I wanted to definitely hit on that while we while we were talking today. So so hourly we've we've covered and we'll get we'll we'll probably bounce back and forth. Yeah. Um, but what are you seeing? What are you what are you seeing from your clients in terms of professional what they're doing to adapt, uh, and also what what they're doing to adapt uh, to their clients or their candidates and and how they're changing. Well, there's a couple of things. Number one is, um, you know, I think people still have choice, right? And right. so it, it, it's number one, creating that environment where people want to show up and feel like they can do their best every day. Now, when it gets to the recruiting aspect, again, it goes a little bit back to what I was talking about um, with the engagement. And this is where more of the conversational AI starts to come into play um, because as people are looking at opportunities and moving through the process, you know, they start asking questions or they want to understand, hey, what are the benefits that this potential provider is, uh, or, or this potential employer is going to have? It shouldn't take an email to the recruiter to figure out what that looks like, right? you know, uh, forward thinking organizations have created a chat like experience where potential candidates can just have um, that natural conversations to ask, hey, what are the benefits and um, make those easily available? HireVue is one. If you want to come and look at a job for HireVue, we just uh, we put our whole benefit summary um, right on our Web page so you can see it. Right. Oh, just make that. it easy for them. Yeah. And again, it's the transparency, but also they can shop. You know, that's one of the things I love about chat is that I don't have to schedule a time with, with an, you know, a recruiter. I don't have to go through this process. If I'm just shopping, if I'm yeah. shopping, I can, there's nothing personal. I can actually interact with a conversational bot and ask some questions like, uh, do I have to relocate? Do I, what type of uh, work environment? What type of training? You know, I could ask the bot a bunch of questions that I wouldn't normally ask uh, an individual until I was further along in the process. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I hear uh, again, and just talking to customers and, you know, that that's one of the benefits that I get is um, the challenge today doesn't stop just when they're hired. You go, you make a hire and they're not yet scheduled to start for the next four to six weeks, right? How do you keep them engaged during that process from when they've accepted their job offer to when they actually start? Um, to make sure that they're actually going to show up on the first day. Because remember, going back to how we opened the conversation, they're being inundated because there are so many different opportunities. Sure. And hey, a better opportunity could come around in that next four to six weeks. So making sure you're engaging with candidates even post the selection process, but before the hire date it is becoming an increasingly important focus uh, for uh, employers. I wanted to ask about that because one of the things I've learned about the hourly market is people will apply to, 
you know, they'll apply to Best Buy, McDonald's, uh, Aeropostale, you know, every job at the mall, you know, whatever. And then they'll accept multiple jobs and then they'll show up for that job. And if they don't like that job, they won't go back to the second day or the second shift or whatever it might be. Um, And so it's, you know, it's really intense to, you know, make sure that you're staying on top of those folks to make sure they have a good experience, both in onboarding and their first day, week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I hadn't really considered the professional market in terms of once you've got an offer letter and then onboarding and then pre-boarding, onboarding, and then what you can do between that and the start date. Uh, without any brands or names of clients or anything, what are you what are you seeing that's uh, that's that's uh, innovative there? So I'll give you one thought, and it's um, uh, a, a very large firm that specializes in um, security. So you go to an event, a concert, or a sporting event, and they provide different security. Um, they do circa twenty five thousand uh, interviews and assessments a week. 25,000 interviews and assessments a week. One of the things that they've started to do is create a persona or a personality for their different chat experiences. So the chat experience that you have and how you engage with them during the interview process has one persona, but as you um, move from, okay, now you've been selected for the job and you're set to um, uh, start and get scheduled and onboarded. And there's a, bu- a, a bunch of verification and validation for obvious reasons in terms of reference background checks. Um, how you uh, continue to engage from a chat experience takes on a different persona. So they've actually created these personas, if you will, uh, of how you're engaging with the company based on you know where you, you are at in terms of entering um, of their company. Oh, I love that. Well, that's, I mean, first of all, that's just genius uh, on yeah. so many levels because it's, it gets to kind of personalization or hyper-personalization, right? So people don't feel like it's a cookie cutter, even though they're having a chat or, 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 or talking over SMS or whatever the bit is. Uh, it seems like it's more personal to them and, and people like that. Yeah. And I can tell you in this particular case, um, because I've had an opportunity to talk to them, you've got some very forward thinking HR and people oriented leaders in that business, as well as very closely teamed with a very talented um, technology team in terms of how they're creating this experience. Uh, And I think it's the combination of those things, Uh, but it's all, look, it goes back to the central theme that we're talking about, right? It's, our customer's customer, and that's the candidate. And right now, um, as a vendor providing uh, a talent experience platform, we need to be doing more and more to ensure that we're enabling that great candidate experience. It's just so, uh, it's so important and something we hear every day from our customers. So uh, with the time we have left, I wanted to ask you, what you've seen with kind of the quote unquote recession or impending uh, slowdowns, whatever it is, and uh, dovetailing off of that is what do you think, what do you believe the next uh, between here and the end of the year looks like? Yeah, yeah, no great question. And obviously, um, not a week goes by without me thinking about, 
you know, the impact that um, raising interest rates and inflation has on the macro economy. Um, those headwinds in, you know, all organizations are seeing that, but for us in the business that we're in, the tailwinds coming out of COVID, um, trump those uh, headwinds, if you will. Right. Um, we are still seeing stronger tailwinds because of all the demand that we're seeing um, from the airlines, the hospitality industry, retail. We're seeing a huge demand in healthcare right now, even financial services, as well as the federal government, right? Um, we're one of only a handful of HR tech companies that are FedRAMP certified um, to be eligible to sell to the federal government. And, and because of that, uh, there's a tremendous amount of opportunity uh, in business out there. But right now, what I'm seeing is we still have these strong um, uh, tailwinds, which would obviously be supported by two of the data points I mentioned. Number one, video-based interviewing. Uh, is increasing 50% right now, year on year, um, for all the reasons we talked about, people wanting to interview when it's convenient to them. And then the second data point that I've talked about is just the number of jobs far outweighs the number of people looking for jobs by almost two to one. And as a result of that, um, we're st still seeing healthy and strong demand. And I, I would expect to see that continue um, for the remainder of the year. I think uh, stronger demand definitely in the early career new grads, uh, stronger demand still in that hourly worker segment. I think we will start to see um, uh, stronger demand in large companies for call it uh, intercompany moves, promotions, mm -hmm. transfers, um, as people start to give opportunities within the company. And yes, maybe there will be uh, less demand in that professional segment for some of the reasons we uh, we talked about. Um, but I still see a number, especially of the large consulting companies with aggressive hiring plans for this year. And they're still focused on quantity, right? right. Let's get the people in the right jobs at the right time. So that's kind of, I know, I know there's a lot to unpack there, William, and let me pause there so I give you a chance to you, you know, double click on any of that. No, I, I love all of it. And I think, you know, we should probably do this every six months and just kind of see what you're seeing. Because one of the things I love about HireVue is you'll sit on so much interview data. Yeah. So you kind of, it's like uh, ADP sitting on so much labor data, right? Payroll data mm -hmm. that you can kind of see things before everyone else can see them. And uh, so I, I think, first of all, thanks for carving out time, Anthony. I absolutely, absolutely. appreciate it. And uh, we should probably do this as a series every six months or so and just check in and go, okay, what are you seeing? Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> what, love it. Love yeah, it. Where, are you, where are you at? What are you seeing? Well, how's it changing? Because uh, y'all just have a wonderful vantage point. I just appreciate yeah. you. Now, let's do that. And let's pick up on some of these data points and we'll just track them as time goes yeah. on um, a, a, as a natural part of our conversation. I really enjoyed the time. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Vice versa. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.